Welcome to this Net Zero Investor podcast, reporting from our annual conference in London. My name is Mona Dola and I'm the editor of Net Zero Investor. So we've got a great selection of investors here today from across the globe, and we wanted to use that opportunity to speak to them about their reflections on COP28 and the outlook for the new year, and also focusing on their stewardship priorities. So with us today, we've got Edward Baker, Net Zero Manager at LGPS Central, Olga Hancock, who's Head of Responsible Investment at the Church Commissioners for England, and Elena Elsinger, Principal at Wellcome Trust. Welcome, all of you. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Hi, Edward. Nice to have you here. Uh, let's start off with you. So obviously, COP28 has just been wrapping up as we have our conference here. Do you think an oil-led COP is credible? Thanks very much for the invitation. And, and today, I think it's been really helpful, actually, just uh, the conversation we're having in the corridors as well as in the conference center. Uh, so I think it can be credible, but it's got to be results-driven. I think the measure of success for this conference will be not the extent that it's generating headlines and social media feeds uh, today, this week, but whether we're still talking about it in six months' time and whether what is agreed has legs and lead to new investments or uh, you know, a shift in strategy for different countries and ultimately building towards the second stock take. So the updating of NDCs, which has to happen before the end of 2025. That's what we want to see. I personally think that COP having someone from the oil and gas sector as president of COP. I mean, it's interesting, but you know, perhaps that someone like that could help reach more of the state-owned oil and gas enterprises than someone with you know, impeccable climate credentials. But uh, I think it's too early to pass judgment on that as of now. But I think the litmus test will be, are we still talking about it in six months' time, or does it sort of fade into the rearview mirror? So Elena, where should the asset owner community focus their stewardship efforts in 2024? So I think when we look across our portfolio and following on net zero strategy, I think the low-hanging fruit in terms of setting science-based targets for public equities has largely been picks. They are mostly committed. Now we do need to keep the focus on to make sure they actually follow up with action. But most of the steps we see being taken by corporates and the public world are the right ones, albeit it could sometimes uh, do with speeding up. Where should we focus our stewardship efforts going forwards? It is Yes, both holding their feet to the fire in the delivery uh, and through the capital allocation and the strategy and the board level discussions around making sure those net zero targets are adhered to. But really, it's on private assets that we are kind of shifting our focus right now. So about a third of our portfolio is in private assets across buyout and venture capital. We think buyout is probably the most interesting area right now in terms of the fact it's not been a strategy that has thought too much about this so far, is now starting to. But these are also assets where our managers would typically have control and a longer term time horizon than others. So most will have a plan to own a company for five to 10 years. So that within that time, they should be driving change. They should be expecting these factors to be reflected in exit values as they go forward. So what does that mean for us? We are sending letters to, and we have sent letters to each of our buyout managers, setting out what we consider best practice to look like within their industry based on what we've seen elsewhere, asking them to commit to science-based targets for their portfolio and asking them to push their management teams to set both near-term emissions reductions plans, but also to be considering how they ensure that net zero is reflected in capital allocation decisions going forwards. 
Are there any particular sectors that your stewardship efforts are focusing on this year? So there's property or infrastructure. Are there any particular sectors that are really hot in 2024? Well, we don't have too much exposure to infrastructure, but on the property side, uh, it has been and will continue to be a strong focus. We have net zero targets for our property strategy. We actually took our time to publish those because we want to be very clear on the emissions that we can influence and those that we can't influence. And so making sure it's a realistic plan. So I think uh, real estate is going to be across the board where the rubber hits the road in terms of the reality of net zero targets. You will see the trade-offs in terms of capital investment, which won't necessarily look too favorable from a returns perspective in its own right. But when you consider not the alternative of not doing it and then fast forwarding to an environment in a couple of decades time where you're being penalized for having a stranded asset or an asset that's in a flood zone or buildings that don't have air conditioning in 40 degree summers, then you do come to realize as an asset owner that actually you do need to make these tricky decisions. You do need to be investing for that. So Olga, you've obviously been quite involved, not just at the Church of England, but also at PRI. Um, where should the asset owner community focus their stewardship efforts in 2024? Yeah, a really good question. I think it's apparent uh, from the last 12 months, the engagements which have occurred in the last 12 months and also the, the 2023 voting season, that to achieve the systemic changes and address the systemic risks we see in relation to climate change across the system, we need the enabling environment uh, there. And that involves engaging with policymakers. So that is for policymakers to put proper pricing around carbon so that those companies which are still profiting from uh, negative externalities actually properly price that in. But also further legislation or policy regimes such as we've seen in the UA with the IRA, which are incentive-based and encourage that investment and enable that investment into net zero opportunities and enhance the transition. So Olga, are there any countries or regions that you think might be taking the lead on carbon pricing rules? I'd say all regions across the world. I mean, as we speak, uh, there's negotiations going on in Dubai at COP around what's called Article 6 of the Paris Agreement, which is around international markets on carbon. So we're a globalised economy now. And to make that fair, all regions need to properly price in carbon. Great. Thanks, Olga, Elena and Edward. It's been great having you here and I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks for joining us, listeners, to this Net Zero Investor podcast and stay tuned for more episodes from Net Zero Investor.